Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our vision of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on, because school is now in session. All right, my guest today worked with the Black Eyed Peas, Justin Timberlake, and Nelly Furtado before embarking on a solo career as a multi-platinum recording artist. He achieved seemingly overnight success when he released the hit song, Let It Rock, with Lil Wayne in 2008, peaking at number five in the Hot 100. Since then, he's worked with the likes of Rick Ross, Birdman, Jay Sean, Selena Gomez, Flo Rida, Pitbull, and Lil Wayne several more times, most recently teaming up to release their new single, I Will Not Break, just a few short days ago. And let me tell you, the lyrics are incredibly powerful, and I've had it on repeat since it came out. Here he is, the man whose music has been the soundtrack to my life, since the age of 11. Kevin Rudolph, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. And, and that was an amazing intro. Amazing. Appreciate that. Hey, got to give credit where credit is due, Kevin. So I alluded to something in the intro where I said seemingly overnight success, right? Now, I would imagine that there was a lot of hard work going on behind the scenes leading up to that seemingly overnight success. Am I wrong? You're right. Um, you know, I started out as a musician at, at a young age and I was, you know, I had my little sort of pop of, of success when I was 14. I was in Guitar World magazine and I was playing in bands in New York and, and you know, on the Lower East Side and, and kind of moving around New York downtown. And I got a taste of that. And then I would kind of jump through another phase, you know, into another phase. Um, I mean, I was into electronic music and I finally got a keyboard and I was, then I started making beats and I was into, you know, I was, I got in the studio with Timbaland and all that stuff. And I had a record deal when I was 19 and, and got signed and dropped and, and through the whole thing. So I don't really see it as, you know, it's overnight or not, you know, just nobody knows what you're doing and then suddenly they do. When you were dropped by Madonna's record label, was, what did that feel like? Did it seem like... A, a failure to you? Like, how are you processing that internally? Partly relief and partly, you know, a little feeling of rejection, like they don't want me. And that doesn't feel great for, for anything. Even if you don't want to be somewhere, it doesn't feel great to, to have that feeling of, of seeming rejection, but really everything does work out for the best. And I think um, having been through that process a few more times in different areas and I think as an artist, you kind of go through it every day. You know, you're sort of being rejected every other second. You're being accepted. You're being rejected. You know, um, there's no there's no day where you wait. Everybody loves me today. You know, it doesn't really fully happen. And, and with social media, especially and the Internet, you can be sure you'll find out that's true. So, um, you know, I just uh, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it was um, you know 
seem so we were talking about uh seemingly overnight success and then right. when you were dropped by madonna's record label how did you process that internally i i mean there were things about it which weren't right and and i knew that and it wasn't their fault it wasn't my fault it was just i was young um i was coming into my own i was figuring out who i was and fortunately i had the opportunity to do it with someone else funding it so i consider myself very lucky and i was able to get out of that and, and move on to the next thing but at that point, I was pretty sure that I didn't want to be an artist um, for a long time. I didn't like the feeling of being on a label in that same setting where you're sort of being picked apart every day. And, well, Kevin, we really feel like you should be over here with you. Mm, we're not sure anymore. I don't know if this is the single or not. And you're going through all those things all day, and it just was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. This is like, this isn't why I wanted to do this. I wanted to do music because I wanted to um, rebel against society, not move further into being a product. But that's also a reality that, you know, I was 19 or whatever, and I was learning at the time that that's not necessarily how the game works. Wow. Rebel against society. So something that I was going to ask you was what is your whole goal of creating music as an artist? At different times, it's been different things, but now I have a clearer picture of it, a wiser, um, more refined uh, sort of direct goal. And that is really at the end of the day to connect. And I think to inspire is what it feels like right now. I like putting, uh, um, especially it's like in 2014, 15, I was sort of going through another phase and I was like, I'm going to move to Nashville and do this and that. And I was sort of exploring more of like, songwritery songs that I had had and, and I wanted to get out and I wanted to sort of show people that, that there were other level levels and layers to, to what I was putting out. But I realized that they didn't understand it and rightfully so, because it wasn't how I established myself in the beginning and probably not how I wanted to continue. And so now I see it as it's this clearer thing that I want to put music into the world that, um, inspires that gives you strength that gives you power um that gives you focus and and lifts you up is really what i want to do mm-hmm. when i that is to the listener yeah that is something that is so important because music i really believe is a huge part of our everyday lives in it really dictates some of our emotions and thought patterns. It does. And so I think, right. So you have to be, I am at least very intentional with the music that I listen to. It has to align with me and my message and who I am as a person and your music, why I said it's the soundtrack to my life. It does that. And it literally is inspirational. Like it is, yes, it is fantastic. So I'm right there with you now. I do find your lyrics, as we were talking about a little bit, to be very moving. So what is your creative process like when you when you are writing a song? Do you just sit down and write a song or do you have a ritual that you go through? No, it's 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 pretty specific and um, it's gotten more more sort of clear over time what works. And when I say it works, I don't mean that it's trying to get a result, but I mean you know, it's sort of like you're trying to get into um, a place within yourself uh, where you're sort of out of the way and you can kind of channel and it just feels like it's happening. Everything, I think any artist can say, but but I definitely can say that when I write something that is important and feels good and is right, 
I'm usually feeling like it's just happening and I didn't do anything. So the key is to get to that point where you feel like that. So what it really is, is, you know, I'll sit down, I'll start playing around with some sounds, maybe some drums, maybe um, sketch of a few chords or something will spark. You're kind of just like, um, you're just playing until something starts to click. And that's what I do. So when it starts to click and I get something musically that feels good, I won't have to think of anything. I'll just get on the mic and it'll already be there. Like a certain rhythmic pattern or um, a certain melody or maybe it's a word or something. Usually it starts with a melody or um, like a a phrase, like a, a rhythm. And what happens is I'll record like a ton of that like two to three minutes, sometimes 10 minutes, sometimes 20 minutes. And I just try to go inside myself and, and, and feel like I don't want to actually write the lyrics. I want to let them come through me. So I'll start just like jotting down different words and shapes of words. And, you know, it comes from the phonetics. So once that, once I have that, and then I have the music and then it just starts to form. And then I just, you know, sculpt it until, until it's what I want it to be, what I intend but you get the first, you know, you get the first 90% of the song in 15 minutes and it's done, but then you'll spend two to three weeks finishing that other 10%. Wow. That's very interesting. That other 10% is that where it connects and, 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 you know, production wise, it takes you on that ride. And, and, um, sometimes you switch out a word later or way you're saying a word or, or maybe you add a certain snare drum. Maybe I'll add a, a different bass sound that makes it click. And I don't know what that is. It's just playing and just catching a vibe and, and staying out of the way. Yeah. It's art. So I notice a pattern in a couple of your songs with the lyrics. So, and I made it, you say you're from the city where no one believed in me, but I never gave up the fight Mm -hmm. in big time. Or you say like a rocket ship, to outer space, to anybody who doubted me, I'm on my way. Mm -hmm. And then almost 10 years later, in I Will Not Break, you say, I'll never go back to where I came from. Mm -hmm. What was your experience growing up and going through high school like? I went to a a few of those New York City schools that I don't even know if they exist anymore. You know, like you could take a cooking class and get a math credit. Um, they were very sort of alternative schools that were developed for people who probably weren't going to finish high school any other way. So I went to a few of those and there's some different, you know, a lot of, a lot of interesting characters, um, a lot of, um, stories with not great endings, but that didn't really shape what I was, when I, when I say go back to where I came from, it's not like. I went to some big high school and everybody made fun of me and now I'm going to get them back. And now I have all this rage and vengeance has nothing to do with that at all. It's really just about, um, you know, sort of being the alchemist in your own life and using your past to propel you forward. So a lot of, I think what I was feeling at the time in my child was a lot of, a lot of that stuff, but also a lot of, um, you know, growing up in New York, I don't know. I don't have any other reference point, but, but I think what I was feeling was a lot of um, the big city around me and wanting to sort of find some some kind of control and independence and power within that. And that's a theme that I use in a lot of 
a lot of the songs because there's something about that that um, is the core of of what I like to write from. Even when I started painting, I started painting, um, you know, acrylic and a few years ago, um, and I didn't really continue with it. I will at some point, but all I painted was buildings. I just kept painting buildings. I don't know why everything connects when I paint buildings. I can't, you know, maybe I'm still in my, my Picasso building period, but, but that's all I was painting and I don't know why. And I, I keep coming back to that same central theme. It is very easy to, you know, hear those lyrics and think it is about living well is the best revenge, right? No, but it is no, not. It's, no, it's, but it, yeah. yes, but it's not that, right? It's, it's a much more empowering and mature outlook uh, on that you've taken there. So a, a much more mature path that you've taken. Right. So I absolutely love that. That's quite empowering and beautiful. I appreciate it. So, Thank you. Yeah. Now in, in Blaze of Glory, amazing song, by the oh, way, that you. is one of my favorite gym thank songs you. and really just life songs. Uh, and one of the lines that is said over and over in there is, how bad do you want it? Mm-hmm. How badly did you want to be successful? Um, at times I wanted it extremely badly and other times I resisted it and other times I took it for granted and other times I wanted more of it. And it's also what you define as success. Is it validation? Is it money? Is it, you know, what is, is it a chart position? Is it, um, and, and, um, there's no way to know until you, until you start getting some of those things. It was an amazing moment for me, just even putting out a record like let it rock, you know, a bunch of years ago and getting that first kind of validation that first, you know, it's almost like if you're an artist yet, you live with this hole and the only way to fill that hole is sort of validation. It's, it's, it, I don't, you don't want to have it or maybe I, I don't want to have it. I'd like to just, you know, make records and not care, but it's also a lot of work to do this. And you, you want the world to feel what you're doing. You want, you want to be loved is really what it is as an artist. I think a lot of the time and whether people admit it or not. So that definitely filled a certain hole. It's like, okay, relief, you know, okay. Uh, got something out in the world. It's, I got, I, you know, I made, I made my little dent for, for a time period and, and now it's just up to me to continue. But I also took a lot of it for granted and didn't appreciate it fully and thought, all right, you know, there's, you know, I got to do all this stuff now and I'm on the road and I'm like, you know, it's, it's, you know, you're suddenly, I went from sitting in, in my bedroom in Miami and like looking, you know, looking around and just hanging out and having this little like, you know, low key life to, you know, I'm on six flights a week and I'm, you know, playing shows and doing just a lot of, a lot of, it's a lot of work and it's not music work. It's like traveling work and, and showing up and, and being, you know, being that person. And, um, so the answer is I, I wanted it really, really badly at, at certain points, but, um, at other times I think I did get a little bit comfortable and, and kind of get off track and, and not realize that, there was a real fan base and, and support there. And I, I could have fed that better uh, than I did. I could have, I I didn't, I couldn't see myself outside of myself. 
And now I have a lot more appreciation for that. Success at first was validation is what I'm hearing. And then now, what would you say it transformed to? Continuation. Uh, I want to continue. I want to stay in the fight. And that's a lot of what I will not break is about. It's I want to stay in the game. You know, I want to do this. I love the feeling of putting out music. I love the feeling that I get back from people when, when they're feeling what I'm doing. And I love this and I'm just not happy unless I'm doing it. It's not something I can just go, okay, that was cool. You know what? I'm just going to like, uh, you know, buy some real estate and hang out and collect rent or something. It's just not real to me. And whenever I've tried to do things like that, they don't work for me. So I'm listening to, you know, whatever higher power there is or whatever's dictating the order of things to some degree and, and, and taking the message that I need to be doing this and I need to continue. Is this art form still fun for you? Like do you still find the joy and fun in it? It is because when I'm making a record and I'm, like I said before, sort of out of the way and I'm focused and it just feels like it's happening. There's nothing that feels better. And then all the, all the kind of thoughts and emotions that go with that, you know, you want the world to hear it. You want them to hear what you want, what you're saying. And, you know, it could be something as simple as well. I want to put this, this like snare in like that. So they, so they hear like what I'm mm, there. I want them to know what I'm, where I'm coming from with this. And I want to show them that. And it's communication. Yeah. So I, I have to do it. You know, even when I work on other things, I I've learned that I can't, this is not something I can abandon and I'm going to keep going. I've never heard it put like that. It's communication, but it really is. That's pretty profound. So the elephant in the room. And it's only Tuesday. So, you know, <laughs> that's so, the end of the week. You're very prepared. <laughs> so the, uh, the elephant in the room, Kevin, let it rock. Okay. That's what basically, if they don't know you for anyone, anything else, they know you at least for that. And a lot of people know you for that. It'll, it'll Where did be you- like that thing on CNN, you know? you know god forbid when i die you know let it rock singer kevin rudolph (laughs) oh gosh (laughs) i'm sure you've got uh you've you've got a couple more let it rocks under your belt i guarantee it so but where did the inspiration for that song come from when did that hit you it's like anything else you know you you're sort of in motion and, or I was in motion making records and it was one of those records, but how it happened was a friend of mine brought a, uh, rapper. It was like a New York, uh, underground rapper and he came over and I think it was going to give me like a thousand bucks for, for a beat. And I was broke at the time. So that sounded amazing. Um, so they go out on, on the balcony and, and they're like, you know, smoking weed and doing whatever. And I'm just in my little bedroom and I'm making beats and I made one. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. That's dope. Make another. Okay. I made another. And the third one I made was the beat for let it rock. And it was just a kick and a clap and that pattern with, um, you know, the ding, 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 you know, the arpeggiated thing and also the pad. And so he, he comes back and he goes, man, that's dope. But like, man, I, I can't really, I can't really fuck with like four on the floor, you know, like, you know, it's kind of like dance or whatever. Fast forward, you know, two years later, a year later, that's a lot of what was happening. But, but at the time it wasn't, he just kind of said, you know, that's dope, but make something else. 
So I put that in my back pocket, you know, I just I saved it and everything. And, and, um, he came back and we made another record and he got on that and I featured on it and that was his record. So the next day I brought it up and there was just something to it. Like I kept being able to listen to it over and over, just even the four bar, whatever, eight bar loop of it. I just, I just kept like, I couldn't get away from it. And I started hearing this flow in my head. I put the microphone on. It was just, you know, so I, what I would do is I used it to get into my emotions. And I, I started writing, I started doing what I said at the beginning, you know, what we were talking about where you just sort of sing for like five, 10 minutes straight. And I would just listen to it as if I was like channeling psychically or, you know, when you do the handwriting and you kind of like write with your left hand, you just sort of let your hand go. And then you, you know, you, you, I don't know, it's like some form of psychic interpretation or whatever right. it is. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. So I just kind of, I decided like, I'm not going to write the lyrics for this song. I'm literally going to let the lyrics just come through me. And if it takes me three minutes or three months to write this song, that's what I'm going to do. Cause I know here there's something special in here. So I just kept going on uh yeah, you got it coming. Uh, no, 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 no. So I just started like listening back to it, and I would write it down like I was hearing these little phrases: turn and chase the dollar. Uh, you know what I mean? And then so I kept going and going and going because I'm uh, a rap, you know. So I kept doing that, and that's a lot of the reason the first the, the verses are the same as the chorus and the flow, and then it breaks for the pre the pre chorus. Um. And I just kept going and going and going and going and going and going and going for like, I probably took me three months to write that song and I would do it every few days. I would just kind of like try to get something else. And I didn't want to touch it. I didn't want to spoil it. I didn't want to pull up the seed before it was time and just say, you know, okay, it's called this and, and I'm just going to write it. And like, that would be it. I just thought it was too special. So I finally got the, like the let it rock part and everything. And I was missing a line. I remember it was um, because when I arrive, I bring the fire, make you come alive. I can take you higher. Blank, 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 blah, blank. Let it rock. Let it rock. Let it rock. So I was like walking in the snow one time. I went, I went up to New York and I'm like walking in the snow. and I'm thinking, what should that line be? And then it just came to me in a flash and it was what the saints forgot. I must now remind you. And if you look up the lyrics online, it says, what is this forgot? I must not remind you. That's not the lyric. It's what the saints forgot. So I was taking this position in the song, almost like there's a lot of biblical themes in it. Now the son's disgraced. He knew his father when he cursed his name, turn and chase the dollar, you know, the prodigal son. And so I realized that I'm going to talk as if I were God in the song to people. And I'm sent as if I sent the, sent the, the saints before me to give you the message, which is let it rock, which is be yourself, be, you know, be independent, whatever, be strong, whatever, whatever that means to you. It can mean anything. But, um, but that's the origin of the song. And then I finished it. And as I was getting signed to cash money, I had another song called in the city, which is the first song on the in the city album and, um, slim, you know, one of the heads of cash money and one of the brothers, um, they're slim and baby, obviously, you know that, um, yep. so we we're trying to get, you know, I said, I said, Slim, you know, I would love to get Wayne on a record. And, you know, he had mentioned that too. So we we're trying to get him on in the city for a long time. I was like, man, this, this record's so bad. You know, it's just like this grimy, like Led Zeppelin meets Jay-Z. Like it's just, 
you know, I like that's the perfect record for me to come out with. I want to have this whole concept of in the city and everything. And we're trying to get Wayne on it for, for a while, you know, and by trying, I mean, really just slim calling him and saying, you know, can you, can you hop on it? You know, you, whatever. And, um, we never got anything back from Wayne and I hadn't even met, met him yet. And, uh, cause everything was new. And so one night slim said to me, he said, you know, Kate, I like, he's like, what you think about putting, putting Wayne on a letter rock record? You know, I could see y'all in the video, you know, y'all be young with the guitars. And all. I was like, I was like, look, man, I just, I just want to win right now. Like I don't have anything else but this opportunity. And I just want to be successful. You know, I like, I want to win. I'm tired of not winning and I want to win one. So if this is the record that you believe in and this is what you want to put out in the world, like, let's go, man. I'm not giving you any records that, that I don't believe in. I'm not, I don't sound like I have like 10 records that I think suck. And then I'm giving you this one hot record or, or vice versa. So, so like he called, he calls Wayne like 10 minutes later. And I think we got the verse back at like six o'clock in the morning and go up to the, you know, into the, the B room at the hit factory and listening to it, listening to Wayne's verse. And it was cranked super loud, way, way, way above, um, you know, the music, it was kind of weird. It was like, I couldn't even hear the, the, ah. the, the record behind it. And we listened to the verse. Like, I was like, Oh, well, Oh, okay. This is crazy. Like, Oh, you know, just kind of processing it, processing my new, my new future life is with this feature and everything and coming out of the world. And like on probably in the sixth or seventh le listen, we we're just talking and, you know, talking to slim or whatever. And we let the record go. And it comes around back at the end. I'm back like I forgot something. I'm like, what? Got two verses on here. This is crazy. So it was, it was a big night, man. It was a big moment. And uh, yeah, man, that was super cool. It's fascinating to hear the behind the scenes with one of the greatest hits of, I think, the century so far. I mean, oh, for man, me. I appreciate it's that. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, of course. And now the fact, I, I love the fact that it wasn't a half-baked idea. You know, if it was going to take three months, it was going to take three months. Yeah. And I think a lot of day, a lot of times now with everyone getting content out, it's like, you know, it's all about volume, post every day. And, and so a lot of times. It's true. Though, it's a different world. Right. These half-baked ideas get put out. And I don't, I don't know that I really see it in the music industry, but I'm just saying from like a creator's perspective, yeah. like in terms of content, I kind of see that. And, uh, you well, know, I mean, that, that's kind of the world we're living in and it makes sense and it's logical. And I understand why people feel that way. Just get something out. Anything could hit. You never know what could go viral, this, that, and the other. And they're not wrong. They're right. That can right. happen. But if you can harness your energy and you have one thing that you believe in and you can make it as good as you can make it and then put it into the world, I do believe people feel that. And you can, you know, sort of do these quantum leaps. There's a lot of people out there, and I see it in every area, field, space, whatever you want to call it. And they're just going and going and going and going. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this. And I get these three side things and this and that. And, like, they don't actually sit down and do the thing they're really best at and really believe in. And if you make something amazing, the world will come to you. Elon Musk made something amazing. They don't advertise. They don't need to. It's just amazing. You want to yeah. buy it. It's the most incredible electric car on the planet. 
There's no question. It sells itself. So I've always been on that side of it where I believe, you know, you can go to your dark room, you can go into your imagination and your creativity and make something that the world wants or will want. And that is special and has power and that has power to it. And that is when you put that into the world and the phone rings and people are like, what is this? This is crazy. This is amazing. This is whatever that may be. If it's a song, a business, a book, a movie, um, an idea, I'm a believer in that. That's it's not as popular as um, a way of doing things. I, I think because it's inexplainable. It's not you can't imitate it. Anybody can go post ten songs and tweets or whatever and and anything every day. That's something that you could repeat. I could say, "Hey, I'll give you a laptop. Go make three songs and put them up." You can do that, but they're probably not going to be amazing because you didn't put the energy into it. So I'm the believer. I always hear like the JK Rowling story, you know, you Mm. she's just there with her typer or whatever, her, her, her notebook writing longhand in a cafe in the middle of Scotland, but she just generates something from her, from her imagination that almost feels channeled and it's important and it's incredible and it's powerful. And then the success that followed that, you can't replicate that. That's not, she can't even replicate that. All she can do is keep going. And, and obviously the, the series is, you know, out of this world successful, but it's not something you can say, Hey, listen, go find a cafe in Scotland, get your notebook out, just go, just go into your imagination. And maybe for you, you know, you'll write about um, flying dragons and whatever it may be. So that's why, and that's why nobody talks about that, but that's what I believe in. And I believe you can do it yourself. And I believe you can do it without a team necessarily. Of course, there's people that circle around you. Of course, everyone has a manager and a lawyer and an accountant and all those things. And those are necessary pieces of the puzzle once you have some traction. But I don't believe you need to sit there in LA in a studio with six or seven or eight or three or whatever people and construct a song and everybody doing piecemeal work. I don't believe you can necessarily create great art that way. There are great songs that come out of that. Um, but for the most part, I, 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 it's not my path. Right. Manufacture. Amazing. Love it. Love that message there. Now I do want to transition because when I was looking on your mentions on Twitter, not even necessarily mentions, but anything that just says Kevin Rudolph in the tweets, before I Will Not Break came out, I was looking at it and a lot of it was like, where did Kevin Rudolph go? What happened to Kevin, Kevin Rudolph? <laughs> so, <laughs> so when people say, what happened to Kevin Rudolph? How does that make you feel? And what do you say to those people? I say nothing because yeah. um, when I'm going to put something out, I'll put it out. That's it. I mean, I thanks for your concern about my well-being. <laughs> no, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, the fact that 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 people care is cool. Um, I just, you know, I, I'm 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 ready to put more more work out into the world. That's it. Everybody goes through life phases, and everybody goes in different directions, and and takes time off, and. If you're not present every day in this new world, it seems like you don't exist and that's okay. I was fine not existing for a while. I don't even look at it like that, man. I just, I'm so appreciative that people still are interested right now seeing the new record and 
and seeing people excited and they're, they're kind of, there's a little bit of warmth in there, which, which is, which is great. And, and they seem excited and ready to hear new music. And I wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was expecting. I was a little bit nervous the way, you know, the day I put out that record, which was only like four days ago at this point. Um, but I, I was a little jittery. I'm like, how, how is anybody, I don't even know. Is it, Maybe they'll look because Wayne's on it. Maybe they're all fans of mine. Maybe, I don't know. I can't control that part of it. All I can do is do great work. And that's what I've boiled it down to. And that's why I'm very at peace with everything now because it all comes back to just doing your best, doing great work, making great art. That's all you can do. I can put it out. I can be passionate about it. I can let people know. But I don't have much control over the rest of it. I can't control anything. You know, I, I was happy to see Kevin Rudolph was trending on Twitter. That blew my mind. That was crazy. But all I can do is 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 control the art. And that's it. And I leave it at that. One song does okay. Another one's, you know, six times platinum. It doesn't I can't I can't get involved in that trying to repeat a phenomenon um lifestyle because it's a recipe for pain and comparison. And it's not healthy. Yeah. The, well, there's unlimited opportunity, infinite opportunity nowadays with Instagram, Twitter, all sorts of social media of infinite opportunities for upward and downward comparison. It becomes very hard. Something that we've t- we've talked about so much here on the podcast before, and it's a challenge. And all you can really do is try your best. So I, there are some, there are several things, Kevin, that I want to talk about on the new record. But, but first, in uh, in big timer, okay. What if I didn't put it all on the line to be a big timer and then take a ride, say goodbye? Now's the time to leave it all behind. What did you sacrifice? What did you leave behind to become the man that you are today? Um, nothing. I didn't sacrifice anything. I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I mm. think I sacrificed time and focusing on the craft in terms of maybe pursuing a certain kind of social life at times but i the sacrifices are are more about discipline and maybe that word in that song wasn't the right word sometimes you find a word phonetically that works that doesn't exactly describe what is the truth sometimes it's sort of close to the truth but you can't really say i discipline myself you know what i mean it just doesn't you know, I think the work putting into being um, a competent musician is one sacrifice or one discipline. I think the work that's put into making an album and making a group of songs and saying no to everything else that's going on around you is it requires discipline. I think it requires discipline even in the last few years to say no to a lot of sort of outside of outside production and, and writing things where some of which is great, but some of it is, um, to me, feels like wasteful time-wise because sometimes when I'm in a room and, you know, you're trying to write a song that is a hit, for example, and I don't like doing that because it's inauthentic, but I understand everyone else's desire to do that. It's almost like this, you're trying to get get rid of the, the veil, which is that you're going into sort of like write a song and then you're with other people and everybody wants it to be successful and yet you want it to be authentic and it's not going to be successful unless it's authentic. So it's like all these motives with going in 
and that I don't have any of those ulterior motives when I, when I work by myself. So um, to go back to your question, I think a lot of it is just the sacrifices, the discipline of making choices, deciding to go a certain path and deciding you're going to stay in that path, whether it works or not. It's very easy to get pulled in different directions. And when I got some success, I suddenly was like kind of in demand guy for, for uh, a, a good long period of time where I, you know, people wanted me in sessions and things like that. And, and I was just excited because I didn't have any success before that. So I was like, wow, they want me. This is great. Like, you know, I sort of got off track from my original um, angst and, and wanting to like make a dent in the world and want to say, fuck you to, oh, no, I'm accepted. This is great. Like, what do we got here? Oh, I'm at the party. Yeah, this is cool. So it took me a while to sort of like, re, um, what's the word? Withdraw or um, kind of like reel that in to the point where I was working on music with the right intent again. Hmm. So all those things are disciplines, you know, you know, sacrifices. Just I think it's the decision of saying, I'm going to do this and I'm going to keep doing it. And that's it. And it's going to be successful. And if it's not, it's going to be successful. And if it's not, I'm still doing this. That's it. That's discipline. It's not discipline when you're working on something and someone says, hey, you want to go work? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. And you get, I was like, what was I doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I want to be a huge superstar. That, that's what I was doing. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not really real. It's not discipline. Right. So I will not break the new single. As I mentioned several times, fantastic very powerful. Now there's something that is really beautiful going on here. When you combine it with the music video, it is an absolute masterpiece because, and I'm probably going to pronounce it wrong, but I wrote about this concept in my book, Kintsugi, right? Mm -hmm. Also known as Kintsukuroi. That's how I wrote about it in my book. Mm -hmm. It's the, and I'll read it off. So it's the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery with lacquer dusted or mixed with powdered gold silver or platinum as a philosophy it treats breakage as and repair as part of the history of an object rather than something to disguise and that so so that was for people that don't already know that was the first thing you see when you click onto the i will not break music video that definition that concept and definition pops up onto the screen and then at the end of it at the end of the music video there's all the pieces of Kevin, right. you know, his arms and his head and his whole body coming together. And where the cracks where they attach filled in with the gold. That's right. And right. And it was just, I, I've never, I've never seen something like that. It was so, it was just a masterpiece in oh, thank so you. many different ways. Okay. And right. So what, what attracted really, you to that? It really goes to the director, by the way, Fenwick. He's the one who came up with, we had, a, we had a lot of long conversations in the beginning. You know, what, what did I want to achieve with this video? Um, what is the song saying and how do we get that across? Um, conceptually, emotionally, in every way. And I didn't know what to expect. He sent it to me and he's the one who put the kintsugi in and it was reflective of the conversations we had and it was about everything but i give credit to him for for really pulling that whole concept together 
And I was as moved as you were when I saw myself coming together at the end because it was just like, what? <laughs> this is crazy. And, um, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I, I was, um, the videos really, it's really all him. I, you know, gave my feedback. We made some changes. We added a lot of stuff on the sort of second round. We made it move more, we added a little more, um, just kind of, you know, amped it up a little bit in a few areas, but, but it's really, it's really his, his art. Yeah. I'm going to put that the video in the show notes, jordanparis.com slash EP 91 so that people can see that now, now my, so, so my favorite song, Kevin of yours is, and I just got to know the origin story of this song for, for just, just cause it's my favorite. Um, nobody gets out alive. Hmm. Some of the lyrics in that song, like nobody else can write my story. Uh, I feel like I'm bulletproof and I don't need wings to fly. Now, the, here's the best. The day I was born, the clock yeah, started yeah, ticking. ticking. Yep. Still don't know if I'm losing or winning. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's amazing. It's, it's wow. just so, so beautiful. Yeah. Where, where, where did that come from, Kevin? I actually wrote that song with a guy in Nashville named Tim Nichols, who's a very successful songwriter. And I just moved to Nashville and was just meeting you know, meeting people. And we started working on some country stuff. I'd had a hit with uh, Keith Urban and um, got to town and it was a different phase of life, but I really enjoyed it at the beginning and sort of like getting away from, from everything and, and just being in a house and the, you know, the trees and the barbecue and the thing and the, just this slowed down life and which I really enjoyed. And I met Tim and we started writing some, we were working on some like country stuff actually. And we, I was playing some of my stuff and we started to catch a vibe. And he's like, yo, let's, let's do songs for you. I was like, no, 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 I'm sick of myself. I don't want to be, you know, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, I'm, I'm out here in, in Nashville now. I'm like, I'm barbecue guy now. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting in the rocking chair with the banjo. Like I want to chill. I want to, oh, he's like, no, we got to do something for you. So we wrote a few songs together and that was one of them. And that line, the day I was born, the clock started ticking is his line. And um, so we, we, we wrote that whole song together and it was sort of a different production. And then I, and when I got back to Miami a couple of years later, I changed it, but it's an older song. And um, I think it's just exploring those same things, the urgency, um, wanting to know where you sort of stand because we don't have forever and, and nobody does get, get out alive and, um, it's those same themes, you know, I just, I keep coming back to them. I'd love to tell you that every song is from a completely different place, but it all is from the same core. And, and now I can see that from the outside because I couldn't see that in the beginning. And I'm starting to see that I, I've, I've kind of, um, you know, sort of learning is, is, it's almost like a spiral staircase and you're kind of going through the same lessons, but at a different level. And I look back on that now and I, uh, on you know th- that body of work and i think it's all just it's one body of it's just all all my songs are saying the same thing they're all sort of different different little offshoots of the, from the same core 
Mm-hmm. Well, job well done on that song. Thank it is it is that. my anthem. Oh, it really is. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a couple more questions, Kevin. Uh, you know, you have another song, beautiful song called Don't Give Up. I believe it was 2012 or 2013, one of the two. And some, you know, of course, some amazing lyrics in there. You know, like I felt love, I felt pain, but it's all just a part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like that's a, that's just a genius line. Well, what would you say to somebody who is feeling like they want to give up and throw in the towel? And have you ever felt like that in your life? I, I felt like it a lot of times. Most of the time, if you're a songwriter, well, at least in my case, I'm writing for myself. So I'm writing to myself. So I am almost getting those lyrics out because I want to say it to myself. So if somebody wants to give up, it's very simple. You just keep going. That's it. Because things change and your mind will change and you'll see something and you'll think something different. You'll run into somebody, you'll, you'll read a book, things change. And what I've learned is to stay in the game. And that's again, going back to, I will not break, but I didn't really expect even this reaction. It's, this is amazing. And I don't, I, I don't know where it's going. I hope it you know, keeps going. But just stay in the game and keep going because things change in ways you you can't necessarily expect. So that's really the message behind that song. Amazing. Kevin, so what are you jamming out to now? And do you, you okay, this is a whole question in and of itself. Do artists listen to their own own songs for pleasure? And if not, what do you listen to? I don't listen to my own for pleasure, but it's definitely more it's not something I do where I'm listening to other people's music constantly, especially when I'm working on an album. Like when I'm working on an album, I'm listening to my stuff. And if I'm listening to something else, it's almost like I'm bouncing off of that or referencing it against mine or almost pulling from it in a way. Um, like today I, 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 w- I was working on something that almost just sounded like some really like literally early eighties, like grandmaster flash, like hip hop and those kicks, but like, Boom, but that don't you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, I want to listen to that. I want to like, I want to dive deeper into that sound. And but it's almost like I want to, I want to just explore that sound a little bit and 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 see how I can incorporate it or not. And um, that's something I'll do way more so than um, oh, this is great, like a new Ariana Grande song. I, I want to just listen in the car. I, I, I just don't. Something, and she's great too. You know, she's awesome. But but. You know, it's just not what it's not what I do. I listen almost like it's like it's like work. It's like research. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll check out what's going on because I like to know what's going on sonically. But you know, when it comes to listening to music that I enjoy, I want to listen to Bob Marley. I want to listen to Shad Day. I want to listen to maybe Jay Z, early Jay Z. You know what I mean? Something like that. I don't necessarily, you know, I don't. I'm not running through like the iTunes top ten and like rocking out in the car. <laughs> uh, okay, so you know you mentioned you were working on something today. I gotta ask: Is there a new album coming out anytime soon? Or is that in the works, Kevin? It is. It is in the works, and I'm I'm doing <laughs> I'm doing basically a succession of videos with the same director, Fenwick. And we're gonna do. We're actually in in the middle of another one right now for a very very dark song. And it's actually not dark. It's very triumphant, but it's. It's almost like this, I don't know how to describe it. It's like this early Nine Inch Nails vibe to it. It's like very sparse and very dark. 
and intense and I don't know how the world will receive it, but it's kind of crazy. It's kind of like this manic, weird, minimal song that we're working on that video right now. And then there's a few more that I'm doing. And I don't know if it's an EP or an album or just more singles, but my goal is, is simple right now. It's just make, make the best records I can make and we'll make a great visual for it to represent it. So, you know, people can feel, uh, feel the record and, and, you know, have something to put to it and, and, and sort of, you know, get a deeper, uh, understanding of it and just keep going. And that's it. There's, there's nothing else. And whatever happens from that, that's, that's the game plan. There is no game plan. It's just make great art, you know, said, uh, what's the author? Neil Gaiman is a, it's like a fantasy writer, mm -hmm. he wrote a book, short book about creativity and writing. And it said, uh, you know, you, whatever you're, you're broke and depressed, make art. Yeah. You got jury duty, make art. You got, you know, your, whatever is happening, you know, met the love of your life, go make great art, whatever's happening, just make art. And that's, and that's what I come back to because everything else is noise and distractions and Oh, I'm going to go do this and then I'm going to do that. And then it's like, it doesn't matter. Just make great art. I'm working on a book right now, which is sort of like a hybrid novel memoir. And it's all true, but it, it kind of reads like a novel in the first person. And it starts out with, with me moving to Miami in 2006 and the real estate crash and what was going on in Miami. And it starts with me declaring bankruptcy and I'm in the office declaring bankruptcy in this lawyer's office. And then it moves out of that and how I got back into music. And then I met Slim and baby and cash money and Lil Wayne and that moved into that world. And, and, um, but it's all like a few years span within, within that time. And it's a lot of just echoes back to my own childhood. And, um, I'm looking forward to finishing that book and, and getting that out there as well. Amazing. I cannot wait for all of the new content, my friend. So it, a lot has changed since Let It Rock came out, I imagine. In the last 10 years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most impacted your your life? I mean, I, I've learned a lot. I've been through a lot of experiences, a lot of moves and, and spending time in LA and Nashville and back in New York and and moving back to Miami twice. And, you know, I, I have a four-year-old uh, boy now and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm living a different kind of life in a way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very lucky. I, I live, you know, with the love of my life and, you know, I've got this little boy and, you know, so things are good and, and a lot more sort of stable in a way. And, um, but I went in a lot of different directions and, and dreams and ideas of things I wanted to do that I think I, looking back, I would have stayed on a, on a more specific path. But, um, I think it's just focus and continue to do what you do and, um, not looking at the results so much, just keep doing the work. And I've heard other people say that, and it just sounds like, okay, give me something better than that. Give me some real advice. Like just keep doing the work. Like, okay, what can I, what can I visualize? What can I do? And that's a part of it too. It's having in your mind where you want it to go and where you want it to end up. But I really do believe in the discipline of if you're a writer, you write, if you're a player, you play, if you're a, whatever you're doing, 
just keep doing it. You know, if obviously if it's something that you enjoy and, and something that resonates with you and don't just keep doing something you don't, you know, like you hate. Um, but, um, but that's, that's it, you know, be, be, be optimistic, keep working and you'll, you'll end up where you want to be. You really will. I, I absolutely agree with doing the work because, you know, fun, taking what you love and, and putting in the time. Because I always say show up every single day for years on end and watch what happens. I think res- the results start to compound upon themselves. And even if you don't see results for two years, you know, you get that break. I, you know, if you show up every single day, I wholeheartedly believe that. And some people can disagree. It's that's fine. Cool. And and yeah. make some and I, and I also really make something great. Like everyone just says, oh, you know what's so crazy? They got this website where you can download the thing and then flip it into that and then move it into that and da, 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 da. and it's and then you get everybody you get rich and it's like okay, well, cool. Like I mean if that works and great, um, but I haven't seen that stuff work for anybody that I know. You know people that I know like it's just you know like make something amazing, make something the world wants, make something that people will feel, you know, if you're making a chair, make the most comfortable chair in the world. Like there's a room for that, you know, um, make something that people will feel. It's not the most comfortable chair in the world, Um, (laughs) but one of the most comfortable. So, you know, I, I, I think that's what it is. That's what it is. It's, it's sort of like every, my advice is every cliche baked into one, you know, just keep going, make something great, be optimistic, and keep going. No, I love it, Kevin. Uh, now, a couple of rapid fire. This is a rapid fire round. I'm going to say a word, and you're going to give me the first thing that pops into your head, okay? Success. The first thing that comes into my head? <laughs> the first thing. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, it, got, it got ruined because I, 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 <laughs> I went to the fourth thing that came into my head. <laughs> Okay. Okay. We're, we're, let's come. Let's come back to it. Let's. Come, I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw it into the mix again. Relationships. Love. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Then you guessed the next word. Love. <laughs> love. Relation. Um, <laughs> love. Heart. Mm-hmm. Music. Keys. Success. Money. Hip hop. Street. Rock. Hard. Kevin Rudolph. Me. <laughs> sure. Yes, it is. <laughs> right on. So, Kevin, before I ask my final question, I, I have to acknowledge you for you know not singing about drugs and sex like a lot of people do. And the overwhelming majority of the top 200 is really just that. And it doesn't serve me or my mission. And I know it doesn't, it doesn't do as much for people as your music does, I believe. Uh, Music is a huge part of our lives. As I mentioned, you know, it triggers the release of dopamine quite literally, Uh, you know, makes us feel empowered and your music absolutely 100% does that. And you're doing it on a massive scale. So I acknowledge and thank you for creating the soundtrack to my life, Kevin. You are the man. appreciate that. Thanks for saying that. Very cool. Of course. So my final question. In a hypothetical, purely hypothetical, <laughs> purely hypothetical scenario where all your songs disappeared except for one, what is that one song you would leave behind for all 7.53 billion people in the world to hear? I would leave behind In the City 
and I'll tell you why. Because it's aggressive, it's clean, it's untouchable, and it doesn't give too much away. And it's got humor to it. And it's hard. Like, it doesn't, it's, it's like, it, it's bulletproof to me, that record. Mm. And it's the first one on the first album. Absolutely. Amazing. So on jordanparis.com slash EP91, I created a playlist of the Kevin Rudolph essentials with, with 15. There's probably going to be a couple more added. Uh, 15 of my favorite absolutely must listen Kevin Rudolph songs. And I know I highly suggest you sit down and listen to it in one sitting. It's going to bring you through a very full spectrum of emotions and so it's there kevin is there anywhere else you know the music video will be there as well is there anywhere else you'd like to direct people uh sure you can follow me on instagram kevin rudolph you can follow me on twitter also kevin rudolph facebook kevin rudolph everything's kevin rudolph so at kevinrudolph.com there'll be you know updates and new videos and and you know look out because i think uh i think some things are going to get interesting right about now so you know, with, with the next records that I'm putting out, I'm, I feel like there's a new journey beginning. Obviously, the past is there, but I, I'm, I feel like I'm about to um, set off on, on somewhere new. And uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to watch. Kevin Rudolph, you are the man. Thank you very Thank much. You, Thank you so much for having me. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of The Growth mindset university podcast now if you enjoyed this one today i would really appreciate it if you could leave us a quick five-star rating in itunes all you have to do is grab your iphone or ipad open up the apple podcast app hit the search tab search the show growth mindset university or just search my name jordan paris tap the show scroll all the way to the bottom and then just hit that fifth star and that helps us tremendously in ways that you could never even imagine it means the absolute world to me when people do this i would be eternally grateful if you do that we're pushing 100 ratings right now and it's really making a difference for this show and of course if you've not already subscribed to the show just make sure you do that wherever you're listening to so that you don't miss that next episode i know you're not going to want to miss it And you only heard this episode today because I thought it was valuable enough to post here. So if you want to share that value with your friends, your family, go ahead and do that. Share this episode with them. Take a screenshot. Send it to them. Take a screenshot. Put it on your Instagram story and tag me at J underscore Paris underscore so that I know you're listening and I can get back to you and put a face to the name. Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, My book is on Amazon. It is also called Growth Mindset University. It's all about how to learn anything, how to take control of your life, and how to fulfill your vision of success. And you're not just supporting me and this channel by getting this book, but you're also getting this awesome book that's going to lay out the rules and principles to design your life full of joy and fulfillment. All right. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn, and grow to give.